This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. Before we start this show, I know this is a Bristol City podcast, but I feel I just need to congratulate Brighton on beating Manchester United 4-0 yesterday. A fantastic achievement. Adam Webster and his Blue and White Army will be well happy with that. So that's it. The season is over. 17th place, a few places below what we expected but an improvement on last season nonetheless. It's been a season of rebuilding, fraught with inconsistency, but loads of goals, positive signs and increased expectation for next season, depending upon a massive summer at Ashton Gate. Going to hand over to Lee for Lee's three words live. Lee? Huddersfield provide example. Very good, very good. Thank you for that. Bit of admin before we kick off. Happy 70th birthday today to Keith Fear. Uh, one of the Bristol City players to have played in the top flight. So happy birthday to him. And also a happy birthday to Jim Brennan. Um, we've got uh, we've been following a, a little boy's journey to independence on the podcast for the past few years. And yesterday he led out Bristol Rovers unaided, which is a fantastic sight. What turned out to be one of the biggest days in the club's history. So fantastic job. Oscar Cridge. So congratulations to him. Okay, um, Matt is with me as always up somewhere up north. Whereabouts are you, Matt? Uh, I'm in Standish, mate, so not far from Wigan. So my, my friend Rach, who moved up from um, Bristol when she met and then married her boyfriend Andy, live in Standish. So yeah, any of the north games I um, I get to stay up here, yeah. Very nice, very nice. Um, so team news for yesterday, Matt. Um, we were dealt a bit of a blow, weren't we, with uh, Ben and Roos? And his ACL, that was a, a big shame, not out till Christmas. And other than him, you know, not being in the squad, there was one change, Masengo for Williams. So your thoughts on those two? Yeah, obviously thoughts are with, with Eamon. Um, I think it was a, a training incident and very similar to, um, was it Benikafobi who did it when they were literally just jumping, landed, no one around them wanted to tackle or anything. Um, obviously he's, he's 18, he's young, so... He's got time on his side for that, but it's never nice, especially as he forced himself into to Pearson's reckoning, didn't he? Um, I think Pearson had him here mark for playing in goal next season if Dan Bentley didn't mm. quite make it. So, um, yeah, he was practising with his gloves on and that. But no, joking aside, it's, it's a real shame for him. And then we were talking before the game and I hadn't seen the team news. Um, and I'd said to Andy because um, he asked me what we thought he needed next season. I said, well, midfield, you know, if Joe Williams stays fit, then, you know, we've got a player on our hands. And then lo and behold, Joe Williams is out injured with an Achilles injury. Um, so, you know, that was an obvious change with Han Noah coming in. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know that he had any other options, really, with that. Were you not surprised at Masengo starting instead of giving someone else a chance? Not, not really. I mean, I think this thing around the contract, I mean, at the end of the day... Um, it looks well very much, and we'll talk about it from the game yesterday. It doesn't look like he will be here next season, but I don't know they had a better option that could have gone in there. Um, in truth, so last game of the season, I, I would have still played Masengo. There were other changes I would have made definitely, mm. um, but Masengo coming in there, no, I think that was fair enough. Okay, well, this is the last podcast of the season, the bonus show. 
um, post-match reaction, I should say, because um, I'm hoping to get Brian Tinian on next week or the week after to talk about the six uh, six lads that have signed professional contracts um, and will be a part of the first team squad next season. So hopefully that's coming up very soon. Um, but in terms of post-match reaction, this is the last game of the season. So we've got a bumper crowd in today. We've already heard from Lee Williams, but we've also got Tom Norvin. Tom, how are you, sir? Very well, thank you. How are you, Patch? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's great to have you on again. We've got Dean Allen all the way from South Africa. I thought that was Australia, wasn't it? I don't know what that was, Dean. South Africa. Good day, Cobber. Yeah, are you, mate? good. Thanks, lads. Nice to see you. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Yeah, and we've got Rob Blamey from uh, Clevedon. <laughs> what? Nailsy. <laughs> all right, Patch. <laughs> okay, so um, at the end of the show, we'll go through the season statistics, work out who's been our bonus show player of the season, ratings-wise. Um, but we should also celebrate those behind the scenes at Bristol City. I've got to give a shout-out to the work this season from Matt Parsons, Patrick Orham, Dave Rennie and co, who deliver food to homeless shelters and the like across the country the evening before every away game. Matt, you don't see that from many clubs, do you? I hope it sort of spreads. Saw a really nice tweet from Dan Bentley saying yesterday that he thinks other clubs should do the same and what a great example. And it is, um, you know, you, you look at them as well and they do it with a smile on their face um, and you can see the difference that it makes. And now you're absolutely bang on to highlight that patch. And yeah, great, great work that they do. Great work. Okay. The, um, the, the poll before the game was uh, win 31%, lose 31%, draw 38%. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, a bit of insight into people. It was really hard to call yesterday with it's the last game of the season. Huddersfield, you know, are already where they are and we're already where we are. Not not a lot going on. It's more about pride and having to, for a city to keep that momentum that they built up over the last few games. But, uh, yeah, difficult one to call. Anyway, into the minutes. So, second minute. It was a lovely ball over the top from closer and Semenyo thinks he's offside. He doesn't go in 100% and the keeper collects. Then closer shows great anticipation to win the ball back shortly after. Um, and Lee, closer's brought great stability and presence to the team, hasn't he, since he's joined? Yeah, he has. He's been a, he has been a, uh, one of the highlights of the year, I think, for me, in terms of calming down at defence and providing a bit of consistency there. Um, I think it's probably like we'd expect took him a few games to to really find his uh, find his bearings a bit. He looked a little bit sort of short of the pace, but I think even though he's uh, he's getting, coming towards the end of his career, I think we're starting to see how he reads the game quite well. He's actually dealing with quite some of the strikers that have got a bit of pace relatively well as well. So yeah, but it's been a really good good addition. I'm sure someone who Pearson's really enjoyed having around training wise as well. All these all that side of it that a lot of us as supporters do see on a day to day basis. And would you be looking to offer him a year, two years? He's not. He's thirty-four on Monday. That's tomorrow. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what's interesting at this time, isn't it? About the talks about contracts. I would imagine if I'm Tim Closer, I'm probably looking for a two-year contract. You normally are around that age, aren't you? Um, if you're Bristol City, you're probably offering a year. Maybe you're offering a year of an extension based on how many games you play. Um, it'll, it'll probably. I, I hope we'll find some kind of solution. Obviously, the. the the other danger is he has played quite well. Maybe there's some other pe- people with slightly bigger budgets that can come in and offer him those two years and, and he'll probably go there, I would imagine. 
Yeah. Okay. Into the 10th minute then. Great composure from Alex Scott to fall two Huddersfield players into having a bit of a coming together. He finds space, picks out a lovely pass over the top to Antoine Semenyo. He squares it inside to Chris Martin, whose shot goes out for a corner. Um, then two shots on goal and, and on target from Semenyo, both in quick succession with power and both dealt with by the keeper. His pace, power and desire to shoot, Matt, yesterday uh, in that first half in particular and and throughout the season is something that we need next season keep saying it perhaps don't we but he he's the key one for me next season um he he, he sort of faded a little bit in the second half but yeah in the, in the first half you could see he was causing problems and, and and actually I was sort of sat there thinking if I'm cold around from from Huddersfield and they get promoted is he a sort of player I'd be looking at because he, he's got all of those attributes like you say pace power I think yesterday he seemed to be just missing a little bit of confidence, strangely, and didn't take him on when I think he could have done. But yeah, you know, I, I keep saying it. I, th- I think he's quality, and I, and I just genuinely hope that we can keep hold of him next season. Um, but I do expect um, some sizable bids to come in for him because you can see what a player he, you know, he really could be. Yeah, um, I'm just going to go round now. Starting with you, Lee. What figure? Would you accept in terms of a bid for Semenyo? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think it would be accept. I'd probably be looking at. at I'd, I'd accept fifteen. I don't think you'd get offered as much in excess of ten. And there's a lot of potential there that you're buying. And if you actually look at the numbers, he's not. How many goals did he end up with? Ten. Yeah, not as many as that. Uh, you know, I think it's the second half of the season for Semenyo. People, yeah. he, he's one of my most improved players in the second half of the season. His touch and that type of the start of the season, you know, barn barn door of a banjo type situation it was. But he has really, he has really come on in the last in the second half of the season. So, yeah, right, okay, fifteen, Matt, twenty million for me. Um, twenty. I, I know what Lee's saying. I, I think if we get offers less than fifteen, I would absolutely be turning them down. Um, because I don't think well, I was going to yeah I was going to say I don't think you replace players like him, but other clubs seem to find them. We just don't do we. But mm. yeah, I, I I would I'd probably accept fifteen, but rise into twenty. But I wouldn't take lower than fifteen. Detail, Dean. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm probably a bit more realistic with Lee. Uh, we because he stands out in our in our team. I think. Um, You've got to remember that his, his development's been rapid, actually, uh, this season. I mean, I, I was probably one of his biggest critics when he came on the scene. I thought, have we got a player here? I mean, he he was a his touch was wasn't great and whatever, but he's just physicality is incredible. I saw him yesterday stand up to stand up to one of their players, and they put in a rash challenge. And I thought, geez, I wouldn't like to tangle with this lad. So he's got pace, he's got he's got the physicality, he's got everything that you want in a in a Premier League striker. But I just think at the moment. Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if someone came in came in for more than fifteen. I think for me, if we, if we could get if we could get anything anything in excess of sort of twelve, thirteen thousand, thirteen million, and then the ideal was to get him back for a season. I mean, that would be brilliant if he went to a bigger club. 
uh, one of the one of the one of the clubs that can invest in the developing player. If you went to a Huddersfield or or say a lower end of Burnley or something like that, if they stay up, then he's going to be he's going to be figuring. But if we could if we could actually sell him and get him back for a season, because I do think he is still developing, and I still think he needs a season or two in the Championship um, for his own good, to be quite honest. But uh, yeah, I'd hate to see him go like Matt. I think he's the mm. key. Um, I think yeah, I think fifteen million. I think we're going to be we're going to be very uh, we're going to struggle to keep hold of him for that. Okay, yeah, so uh, eight goals, 12 assists. Tom? Yeah, 15 million as well, I'd say. Um, I don't actually think we'll get rid of him. Well, I say get rid of him. I don't actually think we'll have... Bit, well, I think, yeah, we will have bids coming from this summer. I think we'll hold on to him this summer. I think it'll be next January and probably next summer we probably look at, well, I say look at selling him. He makes the move then. So if he has a good start to the season and if he has a good season next season, he goes next summer, who knows what he could go for then? But I think yeah. I think at the minute probably about yeah fifteen million with some serious add-ons. Okay, Rob. Uh, my instinct was twenty and add-ons to be honest, um, or sell-ons, shall we say? Um, I guess you've got to look at. I know the market might have changed a little bit with COVID, but for those that spend, I'd probably not. And you've only got to think of at what stage did we sell Lloyd Kelly for fifteen million? You know, and you'd have to say Semenyo right now stands out as something a bit more special in a position that is more sought after than Lloyd Kelly. At the, you know, at the, at the respective time. 30 million for Webster's a centre half. Yeah. So I've listened to all your comments and I'm going for 25. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, 25, I'm not accepting a penny less. With add-ons and all sorts, international appearances, World Cup goals. And, is and he suddenly got, a top trump card or something? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Right. Back to the game. 32nd minute. It's 1-0 to Huddersfield. Harry Toffolo uh, with some great left wing-back play. Jinx through Alex Scott and finishes well past Dan Bentley. Um, and Tom, it's it was great to see, uh, you know, a defensive player getting forward, getting into the box and and scoring. It's something that uh, Jada Silva will be looking at and wanting to do more of, hopefully. Yeah, I think you'll probably be wanting him to do it again as well. We hope that's coming in at the minute. Um, yeah, it was really good to see. On that goal, though, um, I have no idea what Axon Ax- Ax- was doing. He looked like he was doing some yoga or something, didn't he, with his knee down on the floor? <laughs> Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was one of those ones. Matt, obviously, you were there, um, yeah. and I, was... I don't think it was great to see. I'd rather not have seen it. <laughs> yeah, great to see from like, uh, okay. a, that position. <laughs> not great to see for us, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. He 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 caused a lot of problems, didn't he? He's a good good player, Toffolo. I think he's 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 done it to us before, but um, he's one of their standout players without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Again, for me, it, it's the weakness of Alex Scott playing right wing back. Um, you know, it, it, we, we say it, he does a job there, but he doesn't do a job that's, that's up to the level that's needed for me. Um, but you have to say it was good skill set. Like, like Tom, I don't know what Rob Atkinson was doing. Um, I thought Bench was a little bit unlucky. He came out and did his kind of spread, um, you know, side on sort of move, but it, it was a good finish. And, you know, you, you have to applaud the finish. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, 35th minute, a nasty challenge on Masengo. And there's a free kick from James. Decent delivery, but Martin's header has glanced off target, Rob. Um, we've seen a much improved Matty James in recent games and, and much better delivery, I think. 
I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't get too carried away. I'd probably say marginally better. Um, for me, again, you, you think of where you want to be. So let's say you want to be up at the top of the league. Um, for me, he only the only role that I think he would fulfil is if we had a, a genuine three-man midfield and he was almost like your, your quarterback. Um, anything else, I think he lacks the dynamism that, the really top teams would have, 100%. Uh, and uh, you know, you you take a fully fit Williams, everything happens just that little bit quicker with Williams, and I think that's the that's really got to be the benchmark. So as said, I think I think James is a a nice to have in a three man midfield, but probably as I said, not dynamic enough for for anything else. Yeah, coming to you, Lee. Your thoughts on Matty James this season? Obviously, started the season got injured, came back, has slowly improved. For me, the deliveries have slowly improved as well. And uh, I think last week was probably the best we've seen from him. Yeah, I think you're right last week, but I do I do agree with, with Rob, actually. And I was actually really disappointed with his performance yesterday. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I don't know, it's really interesting, and I know we'll get onto it a little bit more with Hannah, whether it's the dynamics of who he plays with. I think Rob makes a really spot-on point about the difference between playing a three-man midfield or effectively playing a two-man midfield with Andy Boyman playing it in front of them, and I think that, that that's the difference with Matt. So I think that I think it's about formations and that, and all and the summer and the players around them. It's all about the sort of sum of the parts, isn't it? You know, for me and how, how you're going to play, and it'd be really interesting to see whether Nigel wants to go with a with a four-man defence and you know a four effectively a four-three-three. It's normally what he's like to play. We he's been quite public about play in a formation that he thinks suits the players that he's currently got. I think that wasn't his plan when he started at the start of the season. You know, I think he was planning on playing Matty James and Andy King and another person in a three-man midfield, probably Alex Scott, um, you know, and then and a three-man. So it, I think for Matty, he, get, he gets found out a little bit when the formation doesn't suit him because of that, you know, he's coming towards the end of his, his career. Um, so... I keep him because I think that he seems like a good pro, you know, and you need you need you need them there. But um, I wouldn't be building teams around him or sort of, uh, you know, if you know what I mean. Okay, thirty ninth minute, top sh- top draw save from Dan Bentley from Holmes. The balls whipped him from the right, and it was an extin- instinct. <laughs> I can't get that word out this morning. Instinctive. An instinctive save. Um, and a minute later, he makes another important intervention. And Dean, is, he's he's not been our player of the season this season, like he was last season, but still very important nonetheless. No, I think I mentioned it on the last the last time I was on that uh, that ever since uh, ever since he's come back from being dropped, or for whatever reason that was, I think he's come back. At, you know, the old Dan Bentley's come back, um, and he's, as we said last week, with his distribution as well for the goal, um, he just looks more confident. I think he's taken on board this criticism of of you know commanding his area. Perhaps that is the area that that he needs to still work on. But um, yeah, you can always rely on him for those saves. I mean, that was that was a brilliant save as well. I mean, to pull that out. But you mentioned you mentioned that Holmes. I, I was impressed with him. I, I mean, he looked like Jay De Silva, but I, I wish we had him. I wish we could do a swap. I thought he was a, a real real thorn in our side yesterday. Both their fullbacks were um, getting the crosses in. Um, and I think I made the point on the group chat. I'm sorry to, to, to drag the subject across, but um, I think we are still lacking uh, lacking at the fullback um, area. Uh, I was thinking that yesterday. Obviously, we're filling in at right back. George Tanner is still not to prove himself. And you see Jay De Silva with the dip in form yesterday. And I, it's so important at 
you know the way we play that that we we have that width and I thought Huddersfield yesterday had that had that threat with both fullbacks um and I know we haven't got a budget for it but um I'd love to see us bring in a decent quality fullback certainly on the right side in terms of that that scenario fullback versus wingback they are yeah. two very different roles uh is it a question of he needs one of each or decides how he wants to play next season recruit that way well, I uh, yeah, I, I, I'm old school, so I'll call them a fullback. But no, I'm I'm really mean wingback. I think you, if you get you get an attacking, attacking uh, wingback stroke fullback, you you've got a player you can play right up one side, midfield winger, if whatever. Because um, people are calling for wingers again, but you know Nigel's not going to play that way. But he certainly will buy into a decent a decent sort of wingback system if we've got the personnel, which we haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jada Silva's. Uh, certainly improved we know he has he's he's uh, back in the fold but I still think that it's an area that we have we have been lacking for seasons and successful Bristol City sides have always had two decent at least one very good fullback and uh, or wing back and we haven't we haven't really got that and we talked about Pring I don't know what the situation is with that lad I mean he was he was getting top marks from us all earlier in the season and now he's 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 arriving at games but he's not even in the squad so I don't know what's happening there yeah, it's an interesting conundrum, that one. Okay, uh, 43rd minute. Great play again down our right-hand side. Um, Atkinson taken on with relative ease. The ball's whipped in and it pimbles in from Cundy onto Ward and, and in for 2-0, Tom. Um, yeah, 2-0 down in the first half. A uh, little bit of a blow. Yeah, it was game over, really, than I thought. It really, really reminded of reminded me of us what it was like earlier in the season just defensively it was all over the place and there was a really really poor goal to concede was it an own goal or was it I think they gave it yeah. to yeah, uh, yeah. Ward Alec, in the end Alex, Alex Scott tried to clear off the line didn't he yeah it's just a really really poor goal to concede literally well written down on my notes it's just wide areas we are poor and defensive shape wise we're all over the place so I think that sums it up perfectly yeah and Matt we know Rob Atkinson's the fastest player in the team but he uh, didn't look like it there <laughs> he definitely isn't but <laughs> Um, in all honesty, we, we actually weren't sure if it was a goal had been given because although the ref point, pointed that way, it was like, was he given a free kick for handball or, but I, I, like Tom said, I, we, we were absolutely all over the place and it's, we all know what football's like, but I kind of left yesterday with the optimism that I built up over the last five weeks thinking, oh my God, we're, we're miles away from Huddersfield. But then you look. I think Huddersfield, I don't, I don't know what their league finish was last season, but it wasn't great. 20th, Matt. 20th, 20th. behind so us. Yeah. You kind of look at it and think, hopefully, right signings, you know, we can massively improve. But yeah, it, it was, we just seem to be getting overloaded all the time. Jada Silva was constantly had two, sometimes three men running at him. And he had to make, um, you know, the, the right selection if he could. So, poor, really poor goal to concede. And, and as Tom says, it was it was much more akin to what we were doing going back 10, 12 weeks. Yeah, absolutely. OK, um, right. Into half-time summary. Rob, I don't know if you're still there, Rob. You've uh, disappeared from my screen. But um, Rob supplies our half-time summaries. And... Uh, yeah, it was quite a short and sweet one, Rob. I think um, trying to get trying to get some sort of sighting of the game. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really get to see much yesterday, so I think I probably just summarised it in terms of uh, inept defending, which uh, <laughs> my learned colleagues on, on this call have uh, clearly outlined. Um, it, it's disappointing, obviously, if those old defensive habits are, are c- coming back in. Um, I think. 
I think it was Nigel Whittle who refrained from partying the last two wins because he didn't really see Derby and Hull as a tangible opposition. And, and basically yesterday, I think, against a better team, uh, yet again, we were exposed. Yeah, but uh, just say thanks to you, Rob, for the halftime summaries. They they often bamboozle me when they're very, very long, as you know. Um, trying to read through that on a little phone. But uh, thank you very much for your commitment this season. Apart from a two-week hiatus yeah. uh, recently, that was a little bit naughty, playing Patonk. Um, and then just getting on it one one day, but uh, but thank you all the same. Yeah, no, no problem, and uh, yeah, heaven forbid that I have any sort of life out, outside of this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. As I say, holiday request sheets are available. Uh, right into the second half, we are joined by Dell now. Morning, Dell. Morning, Patch. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming in loud and clear. Loud and clear. Yeah. yeah. We're just coming into the second half, Del. So 48th minute. It's a long throw from Semenya, one we haven't seen for, for some time. It's hooked wide by Closer. And then Semenya set free by Martin, left-footed into the side netting. Del, are you a fan of the long throw? Um, I think we, it was used, it was used to a lot of yeah, extent, I mean, I wasn't it, by Callas? Yeah, I think Matt. I think Matt made a point a few few weeks back when we were doing it all the time with Cass. Actually, slowed the play down, which I think was a really good point. Um, and it's sort of you know when you've got that momentum going in the game, when you're at, you know in attacks, it seems to slow it down. You know, getting the towel and wiping the ball. So, no, I'm not a huge fan of it to be honest. Here, I mean, unless you've unless we're like a team like Cardiff where you've got so many, you know, sort of three or four guys who are six for six and a half foot. You know, uh, I don't think we utilise the long throw anyway much, do we? I know with a little bit of success in the Reading game. And I think we went overboard after that, didn't we? Yeah. Where we carried on using it all the time. So, no, yeah, not so, for me. Dale, just the second part of that 48th minute, I said about Semenyo set free and a left-footed mm. shot into the side netting. Um, just at, in, uh, about 10 minutes ago, we all went right round the table and said, what uh, figure would you accept for Semenyo in the summer? Uh, if you've got, if you've got any thoughts on that one? That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> good question, Pat. It's, <laughs> It's, it's the age as well, isn't it? The potential. I mean, he's got such huge potential. He's got all the attributes, really, hasn't he? Um, and he's, got, he's adding goals to his game now, which I think most City fans said last year that he was lacking. So he's adding that now. Um, and at times this season, he's been unplayable. So yeah. potential-wise in the age, what in the current market now, what do you reckon, 15, 20? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have I th- I think you, Yeah, I think about, I reckon about 20 million wouldn't wouldn't be, you know, in today's market, wouldn't wouldn't be far off. So, yeah, we had ranging from 13 to 25. So, um, yeah, yeah, surprised to to say it was me with the 25. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, into the 53rd minute. It's, uh, is this the last time we see Masengo? Certainly looked unhappy to come off. Tanner comes on. Great to see him back. Um, and a question for Lee, posed by Lee, <laughs> with with James Williams, Scott, or fit, and wide areas covered, does he get into a starting eleven if he plays for us next season? That's Masengo. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, I've posed that question. I just think that that's probably playing a little bit into the contract situation as well. I think for me, he 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 doesn't. I I do like Hanno, and I know there's a lot of you know he's a cult figure, and there's and I've had a lot of uh, pelters before from City fans on Twitter when I've suggested in January that it might be a good idea to cash in on him if there was a decent bid coming in. 
and it and it and I think it, it it demonstrated it a little bit yesterday. I just think that when Hanover plays, some of what are his strengths, if you like, which is his energy and his getting around the pitch, actually contributes to us losing our shape quite often in the middle, which is why you start to see you know us just get carved apart. Um, you know, so it's, it's not all on him, but that's a part of the game where if you look if you don't look at it through rose-tinted Hannah Masengo glasses like a lot of us want to because he's such a such a, a great guy and a lovely kid and you know that energy when you boil it down to the you know that that football side of things I think we're a stronger mid, we'd be a stronger midfield with Williams Scott and um and James as the three so he doesn't start so do I if I'm Hannah Masengo is that do I want to sign a contract if I'm not going to play him as well? going to sign a contract potentially somewhere else, at maybe at a higher level. And I'm sure he will go on to our level. It's not me saying that he's a poor player. Um, and, and sit on the bench a bit more there and learn from people that are on the training pitch a lot more. So that, that was kind of where, where, where I was coming from. Yeah, okay, yeah. understandable. Um, right, we're going to go around the table on this one then. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I completely disagree with Lee, which is very, very unusual. And, and <laughs> I did a job with glasses, but... Um, Han Noah gets in every stage over Matty James for me at the moment and I, I think it's a situation where was it um, who's the lad at Alan St Maxima whatever his name is at Newcastle and it came out about him he would be better in a, but with better players around him and, and I think that's the case with Han Noah but I also think from a coaching point of view absolutely agree with Lee that he he runs around like a Jack Russell then he going after the ball and, and loses his shape but I think that comes down to coaching as well and, and putting him in there and um, Alex Scott, it worries me from a midfield point of view. Yesterday, he was moved in there when Hannah went off and added nothing at all. Went very backwards sideways with a lot of it. Seemed to lose any kind of um, confidence in terms of going forward. Um, but it, it's difficult for me because I am a massive Hannah fan. I, I do genuinely, I still think he will play at the very top. I just think he's got all the attributes, or he could have, needs to score, obviously, and and do more. So I accept everybody's opinion around, actually, will we miss him? Because in terms of contribution, probably not. But I've also not seen many performances from any individual, maybe other than Andy Vyman and Semenyo, in games this season. The Preston game was just outstanding. But one you know, one game don't mean a contract, but he, he's definitely not signing. The, the end of the game yesterday, he was in tears. Players were pushing him towards the fans. He's definitely not signing. Um, just on your point on Alex Scott, I mean, he's been playing predominantly in that right wing back oh. role. So to be pushed inside and, and I don't get think, up into the pace straight away. Yeah, I don't think he's a, a midfielder anyway. I think he's a 10, um, Alex Scott. I mean, he, he, he could be, but I just don't know that he's, he's not going to get in ahead of Andy Weinman, is he? No, no, of course not. Of course not. Um, and you looked at, I mean, I, I would cry out for like Huddersfield had yesterday, a six foot three powerhouse running midfielder, which we've, I, I can't remember, Marvin Elliott probably springs to mind, was the last one that we had like that. And and yesterday was another case, an example where we were just overrunning midfield, outbattled. They they had so much of the ball. Um, so, you know, I, I'm actually not disagreeing with Lee because I think everything he said was, was spot on. We probably won't miss him. Um, but I, I'm gutted because I, I just think he's a he's a really really good player. Creep, right, Dean? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I take on what both lads have said. Um, yeah, what we give for another Marvin Elliott? I think Marvin Elliott was probably the best midfielder I've seen at Bristol City for that season before he got injured. Um, 
Han Noah is, is without doubt an exceptional footballer, but I think I made the point in the week on the group. Um, I don't think we suit his style. I, I, I see when he came, obviously he was a lot slighter, but he was a different kind of football. He was trying to create things. He was doing the, doing the, the, the kind of stuff he could get away with probably in the French league. We've turned him into this muscle bound kind of battling midfielder. Um, that really, in in a way, he's, he's trying to he's trying to please he's trying to please obviously Nigel Pearson doing what he you know what he's asked, but he he's not producing he's not producing what he could do probably elsewhere in probably a foreign league you know the the finishes the the the, the it's it's not just about scoring goals it's about assists from midfield and he doesn't create enough assists so what we see is this guy which has got a massive heart and he's 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 just trying to cover so much of the ground as well but he's not effective. Um, as you said, it, it affects our shape. Um, so it's, it's it's difficult. We are a selling club, as most clubs are. And would would I sell Han if a, if a decent bid came in? Absolutely, because I think we could fill his spot with someone who's more effective, unfortunately, in the English game, someone who's going to affect the game more in the championship. So as much as we want it to work out for him here, I do see him going back to the continent and good for him because he will go on and play, play at a much higher level probably than Bristol city. So I think the time is right now to, to move him on. If we, if we get a decent bid, but the the question is of course, patch, um, if he doesn't sign the contract, do we let him run down his contract without, without receiving any money? I mean, his value on the pitch, as they keep saying, is that better than, uh, then letting him go for less money. I think it's a big decision, but at the end of the day, he is taking up a place uh, from somebody who I think who can be more effective in the championship. Yeah, no, good points. Um, Tom, as a, a football manager pundit, um, <laughs> your thoughts on Masengo? Uh, Dean's literally took the words right out of my mouth. I was thinking, I think he'll go on to another club and do a lot better, probably abroad as well. Um, but look at his Bristol City career. He's had one assist over three years, is it now? And... <laughs> Yeah, 70 odd games. 70 odd games. I don't, I don't know what happened then. Something went wrong with my mic. Yeah, 70 odd games, one assist. Do I, do I think we'll miss him? I don't think we will. I think we can get better. And I think we'll probably get someone who can adapt to the championship better than him, if I'm honest. Mm. Okay. Uh, Rob? Yeah, I was very much um, clinging on to everything that, that Dean said, to be honest. I think it's absolutely spot on. Um, it's a shame, I think, because of the, the undoubted talent he has. But I suppose ultimately you come down to, well, what is his role? Um, and, and he doesn't really fulfil any of them, but he, he will always give you absolutely everything. Mm. Um, just, just to go back a little bit about the fullbacks, I think the fullbacks are going to be really, really, really key. And uh, I know Pearson wants to play a four. And I think the way that our strikers are playing as a three, you rightly said, Patch, well, you're not going to do this instead of Iman. And I know Matt wants Alex Scott as a 10. But realistically, if we want all of our best guns out there, I think it is going to be a 4-3-3, um, whereby we are going to rely on quality fullbacks. And they, I know we're leagues apart, quite literally, but you look at your, your Cantellos and your... Trent Alexander-Arnold's, they're playing in back fours, yet they still affect the game going forward. Uh, and, I, and I think that's, it's it's more and more commonplace now to, to have those sort of fullbacks. Uh, and and it, it comes down to then who your rock-solid central three are. And again, you know, Liverpool and Man City are obviously fantastic models, but they, they have the, the grinding players in your Fabinho at 
Liverpool and your uh, Rodri at Man City, yet they still play some amazing football because of what's that what it allows them then ahead of that. Yeah, they're sign they're sign those players then. Simple. Okay, uh, <laughs> right, Dell Masengo for you. Just a couple of words. Yeah, good engine, uh, unbelievable engine, really good heart. Um, but to be honest with you, he he could with the right coaching, like Matt said, he could take you know he could control games for 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 us. But to be honest with you, I am very rarely do you ever see him seize a game and uh, control the game. Uh, along with all our midfielders, really. And like Dean said, really, we haven't had a, a midfielder, you know, who, who controls the game and seizes the game, a bit like Barry Bannon does, you know, those type of players. Um, and that's that's one thing I think we're going to have to look forward to next season, some some player who's actually going to... Because Matt James, he, he's, he's he's OK, he hasn't got the legs. Um, but Masengo, no, I, I don't think we're going to miss him. I, I think if we didn't have a... He didn't have the cult status that he's got at the club and the songs and whatever, I don't think that... You know, there would be fans questioning them a lot more than what they actually do. You know, mm-hmm. and like Tom said, you know, one assist in three years, it's not great, is it? But he, you know, when he first arrived, everyone remembers that cameo performance when he came on as a sub against QPR, you know, and he was making runs in the box and he scored a dive in there. And we all turned around and thought, blimey, we've got a player here. Mm-hmm. You know, he could, he could be really, you know, he could be a real asset going forward. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. And But I know, like you said, the boys have all said, no doubt whatsoever, he's going to go to the very top, isn't he? Yeah, and for, for me, you have to take into account, you know, he's still, what is he, very young. He started with us very young. He started in the Champions League very, very young. So he's still learning. He's still working out what his position is, what what he can offer. Um, yeah, the, the the fact that it's only one assist in 70-plus games, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a big question mark. But let's hope that, obviously, the, the hope for me personally is that there's a turnaround that he does agree a new deal and he does fit in, whether it's to the starting lineup or in a lineup against a particular team, against a particular team in the way they play to break things down. Uh, and for me, we should not always set ourselves out in the same way. It should be dependent on whether we're home, whether we're away, who we're playing, whether it's, you know, one person up front holding the ball up like Famara used to do in some games away that sort of thing. And I think there's a, definitely a place for Masengo. But uh, yeah, it will all work itself out, I'm sure. Right, we're going to get through the rest of the game and then we're going to come on to uh, the ratings. Uh, right, so 60th minute, one-on-one, and Dan Bentley saves well with his feet. We saw that recently and, you know, we've, we've already spoken about Dan Bentley in the first half and he's great saving it with his feet equally as he is with his hands. 67th minute, patient build-up from Semenyo, picks a pass to Scott, who tries to bend one right-footed, but no whip. We'll talk about Alex Scott a little bit now. Um, coming to you firstly, we said about Alex Scott, where he should be playing. Um, he's undoubtedly got that talent to be able to bend that one right-footed into the top corner, but that one didn't come off for him. No. Um, and, you know, he's a... He is a talent, and I know we were just talking about midfield, and I'll probably pick up on it. I, I, I again, find myself disagreeing with Matt twice in one day. It must be the end of the season, but <laughs> I, I, I think that he can play. Center. I know that he's a ten, and we can talk about about this ten. And is he going to, you know, will he replace Bowman, etc.? But I actually think that he's um, he can play centre midfield, and what he brought to the team um, yesterday when he came in from Asenga was we looked a lot more solid in midfield because he kept his shape. And he kept disciplined and he can do that job there. And he is still young. And I, I fully expect him to actually become um, 
a centre midfielder. I think I think that's what he's got the talent to do. He's got the football brain for it. I don't think he'll be a ten. I don't think he'll be some marauding Grealish. I know that's one of his his idols. I think that he'll actually start to the type of player that can boss games in the middle of midfield that we've just we were just talking about before, especially as he develops eighteen years old. Phenomenal talent. Okay. Um, 73rd minute, Idahoan comes on for the injured Cundy. Uh, for me, he looks like he could be a big player for us next season. He's just got a contract as well. So uh, looking forward to see where he fits in next season. 76th minute, Kloss comes off for Andy King. 88th minute, shot from range from Chris Martin, sails over. That was a great opportunity. And then the best opportunity of the game comes in the 93rd minute. It was Martin to Vyman, a chipped pass into James who slices his volley over, and that pretty much summed up the the game, the second half, Bristol City, which finished 2-0 to Huddersfield. Um, Matt, let's come on to the ratings then for yesterday, if you want to kick us off. I will do, just before, before we do, can I, can I just ask the, the group, that substitution, the final one, Andy King coming on, I, I don't get it for the life of me. I don't get the season Andy King's had with injuries, and I guess I'm fearful that the fact he's still featuring around is that he is going to get an extension and play next season. Um, another wage, another sort of role. And, you know, we, we then had the slowest midfield probably in the EFL yesterday um, with nobody really, you know, looking to play forward. Um, so that, that just surprised me. And the other disappointment for me was an earlier change. And admittedly, you know, Cundy and Closer got injured, but, Chrissy Martin staying on and he didn't have a very good game yesterday and he's had a really good season. When when's Tommy Conway gonna get a look in from from that point of view? So that that just made me, like I said, you know, it's it's negative math, but it made me just sort of question. It's a great it's a great point. Um, you know, it's the last game of the season, nothing riding on it. If if yeah. if Conway or Bell don't get a chance in their preferred position at that point, you know, what does that say? Especially on a day where as I say, nothing worked for Chris Martin yesterday. His touch wasn't on, um, you know, and he was the one that was likely. But yeah, anyway, but it just just it worries me. And then Lee's point about Matty James being a, a good pro. Nigel Pearson made a comment afterwards in his post-match about the improvements and now how we've got some really good professionals in there, which absolutely you need. But it's like, yeah, but, you know, you've also got to make sure you're getting the right signing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So... <laughs> It, it, I, I don't know. Maybe I watched a slightly different game than Nigel Pearson yesterday, but I, I didn't feel it was that great a performance. I thought Huddersfield were always in control. Maybe the first 20 minutes was fairly even, but um, I thought Bentley did okay. Don't, I don't put him at fault for either goal. He made a couple of good saves, so I went six with Bentley. Um, in terms of the, the three centre-halves, I didn't think they had their greatest days yesterday. I think they got pulled all over the place. Atkinson at times seemed to be playing left wing back and then as a 10, he was that far forward and, and, and again we lost shape. But I went Cundy 5, Atkinson 5. Closer, even though he ended up going off, was um, a 6 and actually um, my man of the match and I asked a few people around me as well. Um, so yeah, it was 5, 5 and 6. And then Scott and De Silva, I went to 5s. I didn't think either really influenced the game that much. So I don't know if there's any Come back on any of those. Silence is golden. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> um, midfield wise, um, James and Masengo. Uh, in fact, the, the rest of the team, James and Masengo, I went to fives. Um, I, I know 
it got referenced that Han Noah didn't have his greatest game in um, Pearson saying it, the, the occasion was too much for him. But take Matty James's dead ball out of it. I don't think Matty James did anything different to Han Noah. Um, and then the front three, service was a question mark, but I went three fives for them as well. Because um, I thought they were below what I would have expected from them, all of them. So it was a bit of a, a depressing score, but that was very much post-match. So again, I'll accept any challenges. Okay. No, I'm happy. With, I'm happy with that, Matt, and that'll uh, that'll certainly keep our uh, season average down below six. That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll come on to that. We we I got hold of the spreadsheet, and with my accountancy background, uh, there's a slight slight amendment. But before we look at that, like Matt, way of looking at it, yeah. <laughs> your uh, your your Nigel Pearson score. Yeah, so Pearson, I went five. Um, really, a reflection on 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 the others, but it goes back to what I was saying. I just disappointed with. Um, he's, he's not a sentimental sort of bloke and he's never going to chuck some youngsters in just because it's the last game of the season. I mean, he's, he's not the Scunthorpe manager. Um, but, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen Conway given a shout because, you know, wh why wouldn't you? Um, and it, it, it was just a pretty flat performance. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a huge summer, no doubt. But it's, it's games like yesterday that, as I say, just wiped my optimism out. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, just a reflection probably after such a uh, an underwhelming performance against, you know, Huddersfield are a decent side. I don't necessarily agree with Pearson that they're as good as anything we faced. Um, you know, they, they didn't rip us apart in the way that Forrest did away and there are no Bournemouth um, or, or Fulham from that point of view. But it goes back to these three words, you know, they're, they're our example, really. Um, you know, that's what we should be looking to, to do next season. Okay, sorry, your your score for Pearson was? Five. Five, okay. Right, Matt, do you want to just uh, take the reins for a second and, and talk yeah. about Nigel Pearson with the team? Yeah, I guess it goes back to what we've, we've all said, and, and obviously from a, um, the WhatsApp group that we've got, and, and Nigel Whirley can join us this morning. You know, we've done a regular sort of poll throughout the season, whether we're, we're a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I guess over the season... Is almost how, how do we all feel and, and do we think he is the right man in the summer? Do we see an improvement next season? So, Big Z, I don't know, what, what, what's your take on Nigel Pearson? Um, so, if it was a if it was a perfect world, you you might make it you might make a change, but we don't live in a perfect world. And I think for me, I would be sticking with Nigel from a footballing perspective, football club perspective. He spent a year and a bit establishing relationship ways of working you bring a new man in you start all over again and um you know my my three words for the season were rebuilding requires patience and and i think that's what's been demonstrated this year you know we we're in a much worse state than i think any of us imagined finance finances wise i didn't think nigel probably anticipated that um and i think that there, there is some progress and i think that if you rip it up and start again um, a lot of these teams that we've compared ourselves to, and, I, and I've been that, your, your Huddersfields, your Lutons, your Coventrys, are actually reaping the rewards of having some patience over the last two years of bringing someone in to rebuild it. So I think that it's a big summer, um, I think, um, and it's a big start to the season. Um, but I would, I, would, I would stick with him personally. I think given where the football club is at the moment, I would want to coach with some experience as well. I know he gets some of these dinosaur jobs at him and I and I don't think he's done a great job that way sometimes this season and at one point I have been a thumbs down when it didn't look like the players were playing for him but he seems to have turned that around over the last sort of eight eight weeks I would say um, 
So I, I, I would stick with him, but I think that he's still got a big job in front of him um, and he still needs to show progress. Yeah. Um, potentially on the flip side of, of, of that, Mr. Uh, Mr. Blaney, where are you with it? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I think Lee makes some some valid points, um, but I am I, I do remain concerned uh, whether he is the right person. Um, tactically, you know, we we talk about things. Uh, the player's been thrown under the proverbial bus that they don't get on. Um, I, I do worry about that as a divisive one style fits all mentality uh, rather than modern man management, if you like. Uh, I have suspicions around there. And, you know, look at where we are, 17th. Is that what we thought we were going to be getting? And I do, I totally agree there's a lot of damage that needs to uh, be mended. And and I think a certain Mr Ashton is uh, very culpable for the getting all the best players out, but the recruitment back in being pretty woeful. Um, I think there's, you know, that there is clearly some knock-on effect. I just wonder, as I said, uh, and without wanting to call him a dinosaur, because that's easy, and, and I know that's the expression that Lee referenced, I do wonder if he's sort of stuck, as are some fans maybe stuck in this sort of the, this throwback to yesteryear. Oh, you know, the, this bloke's amazing. He, so say, was the main credit behind Leicester, well, I, I still think Ranieri had a, a huge hand to play. So I think that's a bit romanticised. But it's a long while ago. And, you know, some of the players he's been signing, or most of the players he's been signing, have been from that era. And, and we've seen that they're not up to it. You know, your, your Simpsons, your Jameses, your Kings. Um, you know, is is he potentially the right man if he'd have arrived four years ago but is he the right man now and and I just you know that's that's what I where I worry um not to say that you know he might be doing everything right we don't see everything obviously whoever's in the hot seat we want them to succeed but yes I, I, I don't know I'm still sort of mostly thumbs down fingers crossed that I become a thumbs up and happy to be proven wrong yeah. Our international correspondent, Mr. Allen. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, I uh, I've been listening to what Nigel Whittle and obviously Robert have said, and I and I can get their point of view. I mean, what Rob said, we all want the Bristol City manager, whoever he is, to succeed because that means we're all having a happy Saturday and a good weekend. Um, I think Nigel Pearson is the kind of person and manager we've all wanted for years someone who comes in is strong determined it'd be great wouldn't it for a Nigel Pearson uh, type to take Bristol City forward for the next 10 years if you if you if you could because he's got that kind of personality you want to get behind but also I do take on uh, what Rob says there ha- there is this idea that uh, you're kind of with him or you know you've got to be with him or, or you're out um, we've seen it in the past work with with managers like Gary Johnson, Steve Cottrell, to a certain extent, they're man managers. They like to get their own team. Um, uh, but the problem is when that goes wrong, uh, when they start, uh, the saying is lose the changing room, of course. I mean, it does come down to personalities. Um, then it then it does all unravel. The problem is with, with Nigel Pearson, we've seen it, uh, that he does bring in players he trusts. And that's to the detriment of the team. Danny Simpson, ridiculous signing. We may see it with Andy King. I think we're going to see it, to be quite honest. I think he's going to keep him around. Um, 
Um, but for, for me, for me, he's got, I think he's got until Christmas. That's, that's my point of view. I think this summer is important. He's talked about a three-year plan. Uh, we appointed him permanently, I think, it was it in February? Um, so he's, he's got two years if it goes up to Christmas. If we, don't, if we don't see an improvement, and when we're talking improvement, it's not two points from last season. Last season was just abject. It was awful. We've seen glimpses of, glimpses of improvement, but how long were the fans uh, put up with sort of, you know, one in, one in three, one in four games where we turn it on? Um, I think I think we've got to give him we've got to give him this summer. Let's see the kind of recruitment he can bring in, the kind of players he's going to obviously have some money if he sells one of the gems or two of the gems. Um, so I'm I'm I've always been a thumbs up because I want him to succeed. I want every Bristol City manager to, to succeed. I even wanted Tony Pulis to succeed. If he took us up, I don't care about his Bristol Rovers connections. So it doesn't come down to the personality for me. It comes down to him doing a job for our club. It must have been an awful situation for him to arrive in. We were. Yeah, the, uh, the the Ashton thing. I mean, he just he just uh, for me he was he was a divisive character. Um, so I say I say I'm still thumbs up. I still we've got to stick with him, as Lee said. We, I don't think we've got a choice. But please, if it doesn't work out, let's let's go and um, let's go and get this young dynamic manager. Let's get a manager that's been proven at our level. Um, as Forrest did, you know, they went, they went and got a, the Swansea guy and uh, look what's happened. But I'm not looking that far ahead. I think I'm going to be watching this summer really, really closely. I'm going to see the kind of movement in the transfer market. And uh, yeah, he's going to fall on his own sword because he's created his own dressing room. We can't blame, blame anyone else if we go into next season midway through and we're still struggling. So for me, it's still a thumbs up, but uh, question marks. OK. And Tom, as a, a, a fan who... Travels distances to, to watch them as well um, as you do. What's your take on it? Yeah, I'm I'm a thumbs up. This summer is massive. It's potentially one of the biggest summers we've we've ever had. But I just echo what everyone else has said. I think he's got the first ten or so games of next season to sort of see some real improvement and see where we are. But if we're not firing come October, November, Christmas time, I think is I think we're really going to have to look elsewhere then. Yeah, and Dell. Um, I'm 50-50, really, Matt. I think um, I think there was a lot of um, um, certain person I, I know with it sort of close to the club said there was a culture problem going back um, bef- when before Nigel arrived uh, in the change room. So I think that basically he had, you know, it's needed someone like that to come in um, and um, sort of a uh, bit of man management, strong management to go in there. Because I think it was at times it was a little bit too cosy in there and players not being challenged. Um, at the same time in that period, you know, I've heard a story of a one one player that sent out on loan this season because he couldn't get out of bed in the morning to get into training repeatedly. He was late every morning. So things like that can go on. Um, so um, the only other thing I would question, really, I mean, it's got to be given the time, it's absolutely right. But the thing I think they've been disappointed this season is that the lack of vari- variation in our play. Um, I don't think we've scored. I can't remember the last time we scored from a corner. Um, and you know we, we we don't play with any natural wingers as well. You know I like to see now and again your know, winger winger come on for the last twenty. I know we have we haven't got him in the squad, but next season I like to see us sign a, a wide player in the summer and try and stretch teams a bit more. You know we have an out and out winger. I'm just, you know it's a lot of our guys have been you know, brought up without an out wingers over the years at Bristol City. You know the the you know we always used to play with two wingers. Obviously the game's changed a lot now, but we don't we haven't got any of that natural wide with players to try and uh, attack fullbacks and get in behind them a bit. So I think it's just a lack of variation and patterns in play, especially in midfield. I think we're good going forward. 
with the three we're counter-attacking, but in, the, in centre midfield as well, I think there's a lack of variation in play. I think we're too predictable. So I think that, you know, his coaching sometimes comes into question a little bit. But at the same time, has he got the players that are adaptable to that? I don't think he has. I think we all know that a lot of them aren't, aren't up to it. Um, and there'll probably be five or six that are going to be shipped out, maybe seven shipped out with, with people like Taylor Moore and, and Backinson. Um, and then, it's like you said, it's the players that are coming in. You know, like um, Rob said, you just hope that he, he's not bringing in players that are, that are so-called good a few years ago that he trusts. You know, hopefully we're getting people that are ready to get into the team and, and make a difference now rather than, um, you know, players that have just been brought in to, to change the change room. So, um, yeah, no, I think we've got to stick with him. Let's, let's, you know, let's give him, like the boys said, let's give him to Christmas. But, um, and I think you have to be patient. It is frustration. You know, we've had a lot of frustrating games this season, but I'd rather stick with it and, and try and have some, you know, some sort of uh, plan going forward uh, rather than keep chopping and changing. So, um, but it's, it's a massive summer, absolutely huge summer. Yeah. Like Tom said, you can't, you can't really stress how big this is. We need to get this right because if we don't, then we, you know, the last few games we've 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 won some good games over teams that aren't really on the beach, aren't they? Really at the moment, they've had the flip flops on, and um, you know, when we come up against a decent side like yesterday, so we still look very very vulnerable. So um, yeah, it's it's huge, massive, massive summer, massive summer. I think Lee, Lee's three words, and, and I've loved them all season, but today's is just spot on. The the re- rebuilding requires patience is absolutely spot on. So. Mr. Warner, what are your... Uh... Yeah, so thanks, Matt. Um, I've, I've been a thumbs up from the start. He's he's a, a year in. He actually signed um, the, the three-year deal, Dean, um, in April uh, 2021. He was obviously you know, interim, I think, for, for a while. See what he thinks of us and see what we think of him type vibe. Uh, I think he's, he's acknowledged recently that, that it's not a three-year plan. It's maybe a, a four- or a five-year plan, and he might not be here to see the end of the plan. But uh, I think at the time he came in, he was exactly what we needed. Um, some of the comments um, about the, the culture, he ne- we needed a Nigel Pearson to come in and kick them all up in the air and see, see who lands on their feet and see who lands on their head. And I think that's what he's been doing for the past year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a journey. I love how he's brought the young players through, given them an opportunity, which some managers won't have done in the past. Um, and yeah, it's a, it is a massive summer, which we'll come on to in a minute, but, uh, yeah, firm, firmly, firmly thumbs up, um, from me and actually Matt, his score. So I've got the, the spreadsheet here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Nigel Pearson's score across the season in terms of our ratings is 5.73. So just below expectation when our expectation is six, but still, you know, a fairly, fairly decent score. Yeah. And I, and I guess probably highlight where we were in terms of, of expectation and the fact that it, you know, again, Lee's point, it's a bigger job than we probably realised. So, mm. um, yeah. Right. So a bit of a stat attack now. Uh, need a little jingle in there for that. Um, so <laughs> so across the season, obviously, we've got our, our rating for our overall average. So the average for yesterday was 5.18. And the average across all of the averages for the season is 6.12. So just above expectation or meeting expectation. I think we both agreed, Matt, at the start of the season that we would, the expectation would be finishing around 14th, I think was yeah. the general, general consensus. So, you know, ooh, buzz, buzz. Um, so that's probably... 6.12 round that down to six is probably around 
where we thought we would be. But obviously, you can take into consideration your your points deductions for, for Derby and Reading and all that, and you can say yeah. that it's uh you know it's a little bit skewed. But fairly fairly happy with that, Matt. Six point one two in terms, well, not happy with it, but in in terms of no, it's, how it's, we reflected it, it's it's kind of where we thought. And and obviously, we're we're doing it game by game, so you don't yeah. You know, when, when Dean's sort of point about it, it's, you know, over the season where it is, you know, we've, we've literally done it game by game and it's how it works out. So, yeah. Right. So, some more stats for you. So, ratings, the, so the, the ratings average per player, I've, I've only included players that have played 10 or more games in this because obviously if you take Saiku Jana into the equation, playing one game at Forest Green, he would have the highest rating. So, uh, so our player of the season in terms of ratings is Antoine Semenyo with six point eight three, and then the next four players are Kundi six point five, Kloss six point four seven, Kala six point three nine, and Atkinson six point three three. So, is there any surprise there? And I can see Dean smirking in terms of ratings um, for four defenders. No, I think uh, I'm not surprised with that. I mean, let's face it; most of the games are played in our half. Um, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised Andy Vyman's not up there. Certainly, I, I know you've given him some glowing scores in in the later later um, uh, sort of games. But um, but no, he's lumped in often with uh, you know the the fact that we're not we weren't scoring enough goals early on. But no, I'm not surprised with that. I do going back going back to the the closer situation. I do think it's it, it would be a great signing. That we talked about his performance, but the other thing he does, he talks. The other three lads, Callas, uh, Atkinson, and and Cundy, they don't seem to be the most vociferous. Uh, it's all very well saying we've got a captain in goal, but I, I'm very much, a, you know, an outfield captain applicant, and I think he's a he's a, a, a good character. So I do hope that he will be uh, staying. But as Lee said, I think if he gets offers elsewhere, he's going to be gone. But uh, now that doesn't surprise me that our defence are, are featured because they get more action in the games generally. Yeah, I think with with Vyman, obviously he's missed um, only one game this season, which was I'm just going across on the spreadsheet here which was the FA Cup game, the Fulham FA Cup game. So he's played in every game this season, which for someone coming back with an ACL injury is quite remarkable. His average was 6.24. So he's after, so when Atkinson, Masengo, Bentley, and then Andy Vyman. Um, but in terms of man of the matches, Matt, we, uh, we are joint three players, Semenyo five, Masengo five, Andy Vyman five. No big surprise there for you. No, and and I can see Bigsy laughing because I still got my Masenga glasses on. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to be fair, I think Masengos were something like three out of the first five games or something stupid like that. I think they were a lot of them were yep. very early. Um, and and you know, Semenyo um, being our highest average was again reflected over, over the last few weeks. He's had some some big scores, um, and it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because Andy Vyman probably has come into the equation at times where we've got to go on. Well, he's run around a little bit, but I expect more from him. And actually, when you look at it, you think, but he's had absolutely no service whatsoever. You know, you wonder what sort of goals he would have got, Chrissy Martin in particular, if we'd have had attacking wing backs who put the ball in. I love Jada Silva. I love Alex Scott. But our wing backs, when you look at other teams, you know, you talked about Trent and we, we don't seem to get the ball in the box. We never seem to cross the ball in. It's always 
quite ploddy in the way that we work. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not overly surprised at any of those scores when, when we look at them. And we've rated 30 players. And so we, so the way the ratings work, for anyone who hasn't listened before, um, you have to start or play at least a half. Yeah. So like Tommy Conway's not on this spreadsheet. So, yeah. that's, so there's 30 players on this spreadsheet. So we've, we've, we've used 30, but you can add into that Conway and maybe a couple of others. So let's say 32, 33 players used this season, Rob. Um, your thoughts on that? I'm quite surprised, actually. Um, the, the, you know, considering that we've we've trimmed the squad, um, I'm surprised we actually had that many available. Um, I was surprised too, to be fair. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's interesting about those stats because I do find it incredible, and I know those stats just are what they are. It's not necessarily us saying we're all thinking they're the best players of the season. For a side that almost was regularly conceding two goals every week, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed that defenders are at the top of the list. Yeah, um, and certainly, if you ask me about Thomas Callas, I would say he's been very disappointing to the player that we have thought previously that we've got. Um, he's he's not a leader. Um, you know, he. he pulls out some worldy performances for Czech Republic. And I just wonder, does it come down to him being a good defender if he's got a, an absolute rock alongside him, um, but he's not the man to be the main man, if that makes sense. Um, so on, so yeah, on, really on, on, yeah, on Thomas Callis, Rob, he, he, there's a number of eights and there's about, there's four on the trot, four eights right. on the trot. So, it's a form thing. It's I don't, it's an interesting one because I think in games where others didn't shine, Thomas Callas came through and and really took hold of the game. Um, and it was his commitment and his bite in the tackle that often sort of catches the eye and maybe gets in those those higher ratings. Yeah, and and the Masengo one, I think he was get he was getting those man of the matches in in losses. I think rather than him shining I think it was well we're, we're pretty dreadful but at least here's a bloke putting his all in and I think that probably yeah. swayed a, a number of man of matches because mm. um, he certainly isn't can he consistently he hasn't been the player that we've seen I think Matt was at Preston this year Fulham a couple of years ago Derby last year you know those absolute standout performances are sporadic with him um, and it, and, it, and we've touched on it before. It's a, it's a real shame. Um, but Patch, as you rightly say, he's so young still. Um, maybe twenty is is his age at the moment. Is that right? Yeah. I won't commit. It's like when, when we've looked at possession stats during games and things like that. It's stats are stats. You can look at them how you want. It's just for for us, obviously, on on the game. Maybe it says more about our our, our guests. A new patch challenging me more on the ratings. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's, uh, but I think we've had a consistent approach to it. It's always yeah, been you, and you know, very rarely yeah. do we tweak them. You know, yeah. past one. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's yeah. a powerful, powerful spreadsheet. I'll, I'll get it sent off to Nigel Pearson for yeah, yeah, with. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, we're gonna. We've got nine minutes left until Matt needs to go and have his breakfast. So. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go round the table um, and I want uh, 
a key summer signing position wise and if you've got a name great if not just position wise from each of you and and also a highlight a highlight of the season um so gonna come to lee first lee um so key summer signing is a center midfielder of the ilk we've been talking about and i think the guy yesterday I can't remember what his name was. The tall six foot four Huddersfield one that drew everything through would be someone that we're missing. I think that would be that would be key. Highlight of the season. Like um, a billing, like a billing for Bournemouth. Yeah, you know, that, that 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 type of player, that sort of dominant mid, mid midfielder that I think lots of good teams are are are, are, are founded on. Um in terms of highlight of the season, I, I'm gonna leave I think the obvious one to, to you, Patch, because I think that you'll that you'll go for that one with your involvement in it. But that's a clear highlight for every. Feel Ashton free, player. feel free to say it. Uh, well, I, it's not my highlight. It's the Ashton, <laughs> Ashton thing, but um, I'll let you get that. But but my highlight was um, first uh, first my son's first away day down at Cardiff and Andy oh. Lyman's winner because that was uh, amazing. And it was a nice sunny day. Love that, love that, brilliant. Okay, uh, right, Matt. Um, I won't say any more than agree with Lee on both points. So we're back. We're back in the mix now, me and Lee. We're back agreeing. Yeah. Because is that because <laughs> you want your breakfast? Partly because I want my breakfast and, and I go on. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's the position I think we need. Yeah, we need a right wing back, but I don't think that's necessarily the biggest influencer. I think it is that that midfield dynamism and powerhouse. Um, and yeah, Ashton Gate 8, but you can talk about that. But the Andy Vyman goal, the limbs when it, it was brilliant. Yeah. Okay, Dean. Yeah, no, I think you've covered it. Um, I will say that uh, if we could get a Jed Spence, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Someone like that, but it's not going to happen. Um, I would like to see more width in the team. I think the right side is crying out for some quality. Uh, but again, it depends on who we who we move on. I think if Masengo goes, which looks likely, we are going to get a space in there. Um, if they don't re-sign King, we're going to we're going to have we're going to have options to go out and get somebody who's going to make a difference. I'd like to see us to go go perhaps drop down a league, get someone which worked for us in the past, someone someone who's a captain at a, a League One team who's been doing it and um, you know who's hungry to come into the championship. So let's let's see what we do. Highlight, my goodness, um, uh, I think some of those late goals. I mean, obviously, I'm watching down here in South Africa. It's lovely when I know you. It's lovely when I know you boys are there live and you're watching it. So I can imagine <laughs> you jumping around. I think for me, having this year, having having the little one, um, I remember watching the uh, the game at QPR and Naki Wells. I mean, that was pure drama, wasn't it? I mean, everything about it. I made her cry because I went absolutely crazy. Got told off from the missus. So yeah, I think that the drama of that last that last second winner at QPR woman, let's face it, we were absolutely outplayed under the cosh. And to go back and to for the ex player to, to and it was a great goal as well. I mean, the breakaway goal. So for me, that was a highlight. I just want to ask though, Patch, uh, just not to bring it down, who got the lowest rating? You didn't mention. And that'll probably give us an idea of where we do need to to strengthen. Give who me, was down at the bottom? Give me a second and I'll I'll come back to you at the on Finn. We'll finish off with we'll finish off with the lowest rating. <laughs> yeah, go on then. <laughs> okay, Tom. Uh, centre midfield for me. If we could go out and sign Cameron Branningham from Oxford, I'd be over. Oh, a, a, a name as well. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. um he's very much probably a cross between Missengo and Joe Williams. And from what I've picked up from Oxford fans, it looks like he's gonna be going this summer anyway for a reasonable fee, I would have thought, probably one point, one and a half million, two million, maybe if we can afford that. Have you um, signed? Have you signed him on Football Manager? Yeah, I've, given... I've actually got my signings up now from the season. <laughs> but um, 
that Pearson will be doing this season. So he was my top, he was my go-to signing. So that's why I want him personally. But yeah. Yeah, from what I picked up from Oxford fans, he's going to be really, really good. Well, I think Oxford um, Oxford seems to be somewhere that they're definitely going to get one or two players from. Yeah, I think um, Gregor had him noted in the paper as well, whether or not Pearson was actually looking at him or if he was looking at that centre-back from Oxford. I'm not too sure. But um, moment of the season, for me, it'll be a personal one. Coming down to Ashton Gate for the first time in three years, I think it was, and beating Cardiff, beating Cardiff when, I, when, I, when I was there as well. Yeah, good one to choose. Right, uh, Dell. Dell. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were falling asleep there. Um, yeah. I, no, I, I was just looking actually at the... Um, you know, we're all saying, I think we all agree about a holding centre midfielder with him with a bit of physicality, somebody's going to a ball winner. Just looking at the, the four um, best ratings signing on about stats, they're, uh, they're all, all guys that are uh, standing bird from Sheffield United, um, Chalabar from Fulham, Pearson from Bournemouth, um, and um, another, obviously another team that's up there as well. But no, I think it's no coincidence that all the top four sides have all got the, the best four holding centre midfielders. Um, so I think we need someone like that. Um, I like, tra- um, is it the guy from Derby? Um, we played in Scottish International. Um, Sim- Tom Lawrence? Sim- no. Um, Graham, I can't remember his surname. But I was, I've been quite impressed in this season. I watched some of the games with Derby and he, he, he's a holding midfielder and he gets up and down. He's got a bit more legs than James, but I think he's got a bit of experience as well. And I think he'd be available because obviously Derby going down as well. Uh, decent player, and I think that that is it. Uh, Travis as well from Blackburn, Lewis Travis. Okay. Or uh, I think it, it, it might be him as well. So he's another one as well. But definitely, it's holding centre midfielder. I think is someone we need. To, uh, like Dean said, someone like the Marvin Elliott really. So yeah. And your highlight? Oh, it has to be the uh, from personal wise. Yeah, it has to be. I was my grandson dragged me to the. Uh, uh, standing area at the uh, Cardiff City Stadium, and we were right by the Cardiff City fans. So the only the only thing that protected us from the Cardiff fans was a line of uh, police. So we were right by them, and my grandson stood as near as he could to the side. He's only ten, and um, this guy who looked like Captain Birdseye was giving us abuse all the way through the game. I don't know why he kept on looking at me and my grandson. So I don't know why. And then when the Vyman volley went in, it was probably one of the the best moments ever. So, uh, yeah, because we were side on to the goal. So we've seen the cross come in and as soon as he struck it, uh, just such a goal. So what, what a finish. But yeah, I think for me, that was uh, that was highlight of the season, yeah. Okay. Cool, right. Um, yeah, so no no massive surprise but before we talk about that one. So uh, Williams, Shank, Cross to Vyman. That last minute goal was quite a moment. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. I know Matt was. I would love to have been there to celebrate that one. Uh, Cardiff away, massive highlight. But the the one, <laughs> the one that really, really uh, gave me a lot of joy was Jada Silver's goal away at Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have, if I could have picked Matt up and thrown him at that point, I probably would have. Uh, not, it, I know I had a bet on it, but it was just the fact that that he scored that goal out of, out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. And it came to me in an apparition before as well, but the, the, the fan reaction to that, Matt and, and the, the Jada Silver chant, we literally sang it for about an hour and a half to two hours continuously afterwards. Yeah. And then you put the Depeche Mode track. Sorry, I can't start now. You put the Depeche Mode track on on the way home as well, didn't you? Yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. You're exactly. still shouting shoot, shoot, man. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patchy's warming up. 
Jay, shoot, shoot. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so it was but, brilliant. But the Ashton Gate 8 tribute this this season and, and the being able to be involved in that was a massive privilege, massive honour. Um, and I, as a Bristol City fan of 35-ish years, learned so much from being involved in that about those those eight players and the sacrifice they made. Um, so, yeah, fan- fantastic. And seeing the stars of the 60s come down. And last week with Wayne Allison Jr., Bent, Nicky Morgan, Mark Shell, Rob Edwards, it's great to be involved in that former players association. So um, looking forward to how that develops next season. But we're going to leave it there. Um uh, Dean, I'm not. I don't want to finish on the lowest player, lowest yeah. rating players, but I will let you know. I will let you know. Um, Rob, sorry, I missed you. Your highlight, very quickly. Yeah, to be honest, nothing really different. Andy Byman's winner um, at Cardiff, but also the champagne finish, the last goal that we scored this season um, against Hull last week. Yeah. Um, obvious highlight patch, like you say, the the Ashton Gate eight. Uh, and just to throw out a different position, uh, understandable about the central midfield, um, I'd go right back. Let's get a really good right back and start freeing up those other players that are filled in there to actually play in their right roles. Yeah, fantastic. Good shape. Right, I just want to finish off with just saying thank you to everyone who's listened this season. Um, we we do this as a hobby, and it's great that we get the engagement that we do, the the listenership that we get as well. And um, yeah, big thanks to our sponsors, Nexus, as well for supporting us this season. And thanks to you guys for for coming on this morning. Um, it's been great to have a panel, a little bit more of a challenge as host to to get around um, and get you all involved. But it's been great, and hopefully you've you've all enjoyed contributing throughout the season so um we'll leave it there thanks for everyone for listening do follow us on at 3piapc there's going to be lots coming up throughout the summer more robins reunited we've got several uh, planned episodes of the original show as well as we continue to find out more about the ytl arena in bristol and hoping to get some some guests on through the summer but for now thanks chaps and we'll be back soon Cheers, Pax. Thank you. Cheers, Pax. On Bristol City, on Bristol City, on Bristol City, way up the lead. You nearly blew it, we know you've been through it. But you can do it, give us the gold. There'll always be a Bristol And City is the team To get into the first again Will always be our dream We're proud of Bristol City They play in wind and rain To hear the crowd or shout aloud the city scores again. My eyes have seen the glory of the goals the city score, and we want to see them score in just a half a dozen more. When the ball goes in the net, me boys, you want to hear us roar. Our team goes marching on. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching on. Glory.
Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Our team goes marching on. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Our team goes marching on. All together, boys. Glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching.